All right, it's Monday. You know what time it is. FRPC is back with football. And I am here with the Canadian Bomber. The Canadian Shaman. The Canadian Bill Simmons. And the Canadian Mike Tomlin. Oh, oh man, that that's the biggest praise you could possibly give me. I can't I can't take that man's name on. That's the best coach to ever live. Stop yourself with that. Nico Miotello is here with me Monday. What what's, what's up? up, bud? Hi, not much, man. I've just been kind of getting ready for this football draft season. I'm looking a little bit more into the prospects overall. Also, of course, doing more of a deep dive into my Steelers situation. And uh, I'm getting I'm getting more excited for this coming season and definitely more excited than I was for last year. Well, I want to lead you into something. And I feel like The Rock, when he comes out at WrestleMania, <laughs> electrifying as hell. I'm here for it. This comes from our guy, Jason Lockenforta. And... Inside Access 1057. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson has made 33 million over five years. Okay. Yeah. The owner was Scotty in that time frame. 32nd in offense money spent. Mm-hmm. That's a 19. 32nd in annual payroll. Mm-hmm. That also goes for years 2018 and 2019 as well. And 32nd in receiver dollars. Oh, yeah. That doesn't surprise me at all. So we made a a take a while ago, and we weren't take. It wasn't a take. It was a thought. Mm-hmm. Tell me how. I think the question was, tell me how the Baltimore Ravens have supported Lamar Jackson, and is he uh, right to ask for all the money that he's asking for? And I mm-hmm. think we both came to the decision at that time that yes, hell yes, you asked yeah. for all the money, all of it. Mm-hmm. You deserve all the it. damn money. Damn right. And this is more proof that this team is not taking this guy seriously. No, no. Yeah, no point have they taken him seriously. You, We talk about the wide receivers they have just straight up not brought in and then traded away when they've had. Like Marquise Brown has been the best receiver he's played with. He's not a great receiver, but it, it, it's the highest of a short bar. And guys like Orlando Brown – they couldn't find a way to bring back into the building, traded him away to a rival. You are sitting there with this Ravens team, clearly not showing your quarterback the proper commitment, like uh, the complaint we've made so many times before with Greg Roman running the offense every year. I think you can't be surprised that Lamar is looking at other opportunities and hoping he can find somewhere that will invest more into him long term 
And that leads me right down the road that I want to go to, Nico. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take a ride in Vince's brain for a second. Okay. So I kind of mapped this out. Mm-hmm. We all agree that Jimmy Garoppolo is getting traded, correct? Uh, I I think he can become a free agent. Am I wrong about is that? Is he a free agent? Okay. I, free think, agent. I think he can opt into free agency. Uh, or okay. He might have to get traded. I can't remember. Here's the journey that I want to take you on, Nico. So I want you to come with me on this. Mm-hmm. I want to kind of take over the body of John Lynch for a period of two weeks, sir. Mm -hmm. And in that time, what I would like to do is I would like to get into discussions with uh, teams that are enamored with uh, Trey Lance. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Take me down the journey. I know. At the end, you'll you'll understand. (laughs) I want to also strike while the iron's hot and I want to have dual negotiations going on for who is interested in Brock Purdy as well. So I'm leaving them with no quarterback at this point. A lot of moving pieces. A lot of moving pieces, sir. Mm -hmm. Now I can do two things. I can take my haul from Brock Purdy. Uh, I don't know any haul. I might, I might not. I might get something. I don't know. The fifth round pick? I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe more. Maybe somebody might get froggy. Who knows? I don't know. But I live in a world where I can give Baltimore Trey Lance mm-hmm. and picks, and you can give me Lamar Jackson because yeah. I want Lamar Jackson in a healthy offense. I do too. I do. I want Lamar in a in a in an offense where he is appreciated and he is utilized correctly and given actual weapons to see if he is or is not the quarterback that I I don't know if he is or not. I'm I'm still lost because I don't know Nico. Yeah. I sat here for years questioning that man. Mm-hmm. But he had no talent. Around him, I had to augment what my thoughts were because I was like, surely they will build around him. Surely I will see more accuracy and more complex route combinations because the talent will get better. And that has not been the case. So this podcast, and I want you to be with me. And if you can't, I understand this. But I would love to have solidarity on freeing Lamar Jackson. And I want our podcast to spearhead this this uh, ground swell, this grassroots initiative. I'm I'm definitely for freeing Lamar Jackson. I I as a Steelers fan, I'd obviously love to see him outside of the building. Um, outside of the division, rather. So you, I'm with you there. The 49ers part, I specifically have a hard time with because I, I think they have two young guys. They can try figure it out with at this point. 
And specifically, Lamar Jackson in a Kyle Shanahan offense kind of makes me nervous. Kyle Shanahan loves to run his quarterbacks up the middle of the field. I don't want to see Lamar Jackson doing that all the time because I'm worried he's going to get hurt like we saw multiple quarterbacks get hurt this season, like we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo get hurt several times throughout his career, like we've seen many star players involved in the Kyle Shanahan offenses generally deal with lower leg injuries because he's constantly running them directly up the teeth of the defense. So... Uh, as much as Lamar would thrive and really succeed in a system like that, I'd be worried about them doubling down on that a little too hard. When it comes to a Lamar trade destination, my mind always goes to the same place. And it's a team in Florida, in Miami, that has uh, some great weapons for him to work with. They also have their own quarterback from Alabama who, if you know anything about the Ravens draft record and Ozzie Newsome, they always take Alabama players. So there's a good chance Ozzie's a little higher on Tua than the rest of the world at this point. I I would like to see Tua and a couple picks for Lamar, get Lamar into the system in Miami with all that speed on the outside, you can also afford to commit more on the offensive line and really protect him there. And then even as a Steelers fan, I'm not rooting for the Ravens to be successful, but I could see a player like Tua working in a situation like this when the lights on him a little less and they can build a kind of unique offense around him to do with him being left-handed, maybe invest a little more in his wide receivers than they've done with Lamar because they, they'll know they have to do it now. So I think it could realistically be a little bit of the best of both worlds. I wasn't excited about moving him to <laughs> – San Francisco. Trust me. Yeah. Let's throw out some fun places as well. How about New York? New York would be fun. And I'm talking about specifically the Giants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, I think he's not really like a Dable quarterback so much he he likes more of the guys who have that cannon and he's even been using Daniel Jones kind of in that facet even though he doesn't have like the same arm strength that Allen has but it'd be interesting to see like a new wrinkle in an offense like that there the other the one that keeps popping into my head is the other Florida team what if he replaced Tom Brady the guy he's looked up at to his whole career that team is still pretty loaded for as far as passing weapons are concerned. That offensive line isn't bad. They just were hurt all of last year. So if if they don't want to go the Kyle Trask route, I think investing in a Lamar Jackson trade would be a lot of fun. And Baltimore might have an easier time doing that because they're dealing him out of conference rather than to Miami, which would be still in the AFC. I also want to submit to you, since this team 
got shut out of the uh, the sweepstakes that happened last offseason. The Atlanta Falcons mm-hmm. with Lamar Jackson. You want to ignite a fan base? You want to have mm-hmm. Michael Vick 2.0 new millennia Michael Vick? Mm-hmm. Corn rolls. Can you see the swag coming? Come on. I, 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 at, for the culture and the NFL as a whole, I think that would be an incredible move. And I, I've got a few Atlanta fan, Atlanta Falcon fan friends, including our boy Young Jacob. And uh, QPPN alum Kez, they both I know would love to have Lamar in Atlanta at this point, and would would see it as a huge win. The only concern I have about that is how different is it than Baltimore? Like you have Kyle Pitts, but you had Mark Andrews, you have Drake London, sure. And that's that's a piece, but I'm not sure you have the offensive line to put around him. You have a team that's sometimes struggled to to make commitments. They when they're close, they'll make the move, but they they don't seem so into going all in around a season or an offense. I'd be, I'd have some concerns that he'd end up in an analogous situation to what he's in right now. Now, I have one more for you. I submit to you the Carolina Panthers, and I tell you why. We wash away the old ownership, all the issues with the old ownership, and you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. You electrify a fan base as well there because mm-hmm. we know how that place was for DeLone and for Newton mm-hmm. okay yeah. what are your thoughts of Lamar Jackson going to the Carolina Panthers um, if I was in charge of all of football and I could make the move myself, that's a hundred percent the move I'd make. Giving my guy DJ Moore someone to to work with like that, that entire offense I feel like is on the precipice of something and is close. And with a quarterback like Lamar and a little bit of a re-injection into the offensive line especially considering you have an owner who's willing to go out and spend. I I didn't really love the Frank Reich hire at first. We talked pretty negatively about it, but the staff he's assembled has looked really good to me at this point. So I think that's close to as good of a situation as Lamar could ask for. I I have one more, and we go from talking about what would be my personal favorite thing for Lamar to what would be my least favorite. And what if Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots 
decide this is the guy we go in all in for. Bill has not cared about not having first rounders in the past. He could trade them all for Lamar saying this is the player we need. Mac Jones again fills that Alabama requirement that we talked about with Tua. And he uh, he might have a personality that works better without a head coach like Bill Belichick in the system and Harbaugh, a guy who works well with those fiery personalities. That is the one that terrifies me the most. And I really (laughs) having Lamar on the fucking Patriots for the next decade would not be fun in the AFC when we already have to deal with Patrick Mahomes. But that is the final option I think we need to talk about when the Lamar trade comes up. You just made a fan base. Shout out to 617. Mm -hmm. Shout out to the 781. Shout out to the 508. Shout out to our boy Tyler. (laughs) Yeah. If you know, you know. Being in that town for 15 years, that would absolutely electrify and he would have to get out of his comfort zone bill Mm -hmm. because the swag that lamar is bringing Mm -hmm. and i think the case study was cam yeah cam even though he was washed unfortunately yeah uh, he did still bring swag Mm -hmm. and lamar is going to bring a bunch of swag to me, to me, the case study is almost more like early Randy. The way when Randy was still one of the best receivers in the sport, or the best receiver in the sport at the time, him and Bill, Bill worked together very well. Maybe even uh, Bill and Gronk's relationship in the early years before Gronk sort of tired of it as time went along. Maybe eventually Lamar could tire of Bill, but I kind of doubt it because Lamar's built a little different than those other dudes. Lamar's about the grind above all else. He's got swag. He's got personality, but he's a worker. And I think that would vibe incredibly well with Bill Belichick. And down to my heart, that's what scares me the most. You only get this type of analysis here on FRPC. That is such a great just thought bubble mm-hmm. on that. Lamar in a patch uniform. Oh, I'm tired thinking about it. Already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just there's people, there's people getting a Madden's out, dusting it, dusting off their PS5 right now, going, oh, let's do this right now. Let's see this. Let's see this situation right now. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Keeping with the theme of our quarterbacks, I want to talk about some of the uh, the guys that are looking for new teams. And uh, Carr is – Derek Carr, he's going to have to wait. I know he is looking to move and looking to get into a spot, but the other domino that has to fall is Aaron Rodgers because the Jets aren't doing anything until they know for sure they can't get him. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Last year when the hype train was on, 
the Raiders season, we heard a lot of the stories about Devontae Adams referring to Carr as baby A-Rod. <laughs> now it seems like he's he's kind of like A-Rod at home or like this the second choice A-Rod. Uh like runner up i don't know the silver medalist to a rod i think the jets obviously after the nathaniel hackett hire and everything have a focus on getting aaron Rodgers in that uniform much like brett Favre before him but i think there are also other teams with their eye out around the league who are hoping to get themselves in the Aaron Rodgers conversation who might have <clears throat> Derek Carr on the back burner. I know we talked about the Panthers earlier as players for um, Lamar Jackson potentially and Aaron Rodgers doesn't make as much sense there but we know a guy like Dave Tepper might want to make a run at Derek or at Aaron Rodgers just because it's got the name recognition but I think we could see a world where Derek Carr ends up being the guy the Panthers move forward with at, at the end of this I think it's kind of a good They've been doing this retread quarterback thing a lot, but it's kind of what happens when you move yourself out of the premium draft uh, pick spot, unless they're willing to dive back in and go get one of these young quarterbacks. I think Derek Carr to the Panthers is probably something I see coming this year. Can I offer a couple alternate routes for him? Of course, of course. I like to see Derek Carr in Seattle. No offense to Gino. I think Gino did an excellent job. I want him to get another shot. No, I, I want Gino to to thrive as well. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about places specifically for Carr. Yeah, yeah. Heavy running did. game. Good there. Defensive coach. Mm-hmm. Pressure's not on you. Oh, by the way, Carroll wants you to be just a cog. He doesn't want yeah. you to be a star. That fits you better. You know, that's true. They're into that role. I John, like that a lot better for him. John Schneider seems to have a like organizational disbelief in investing in the offensive line, though. And we've seen Carr with bad offensive lines in the past kind of get a little shell-shocked, also proved to be maybe not injury-prone, but easily beaten up. Uh, Could have something to do with watching his brother's career unfold before his own. But I that would be my only point of concern for a guy like Derek Carr at Seattle. Another team, Houston, the Texans, bunch of picks, young team. He definitely be a step up from what they have. Be a grown up in the room. I'm not saying. Listen, these. I'm just it's his brother. For his brother's the only reason I, I don't think it can happen. Why not? Be. I let it he, go. He, let no, it go. I think he's got a problem with that organization still because they shell shocked his brother, and I, I kind of expect them to trade Tunsil this off season. So they're going to be putting Carr in the same situation his brother was in. I think oh, they. Yeah, no, he couldn't do that. Yeah. Now, 
I'd be I'd be scared. Okay. If the Tanning Hill experiment is done. I like that one. Could we move car to the safe harbor of Nashville, Tennessee? I think um, a lot of people right now are expecting the Titans to go into kind of a rebuild mode. They they've had a couple of free agent signings that haven't worked out so well. They've made a few big money contract cuts. It seemed like Derrick Henry had definitely slowed down at the end of the last season. And now we're starting to hear rumors. They might be moving on from Bud Dupree as well, freeing up a lot of cap space. But to me, that them making moves like this to incur cap penalties all right now reads more to me like a rebuild than a reload. And they might be looking across the division at what Jacksonville did last year with their free agents and thinking maybe we can try pull something similar out. A guy like Derek Carr in that system with a reinvestment in the offensive line, and if you could get maybe another receiver or two around him, I I would really like to see Derek Carr in Nashville. I tried to pick spots that I thought it would be comfortable for him. Mm-hmm. Your defense is going to help you. You got a, a coach that wants to lean in on the running game. And you are just a cog of the offense. Mm-hmm. So you're not looking to do too much. And I think these places that we, even though they all have their limitations and, and whatever, these places that we kind of threw out there, these are the places that I would rather see him. I don't want to see him in New York. I don't want to see him as a Jet, honestly. I just, yeah, I'd rather no, him I'd stay out of that whole get down I want I want to see Aaron Rodgers in New York. I'm I think I'm he's ready. the one I think he's the one that can handle the spotlight. Mm-hmm. I I definitely girl what is going on. I don't know if they're going to get him but that's who I would I yeah I I I really hope they do get him because it seems like they're putting kind of like his system around him and being kind of almost Nets-esque where you're being willing to be built around a superstar. But what's different about football versus basketball for that is when you bring in a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you can build an offense around him because you still have a defensive coach in Robert Sala who's going to do that side of the ball by himself. Aaron Rodgers is 36 years old. Nathaniel Hackett has been brought in to work with him or a guy like him, hypothetically. If you bring in Aaron Rodgers after two years, it doesn't work. You can cut ties with everyone, refresh, no problem. And it's not going to cause like the organizational dissension that it might in basketball for a team like the Nets. So I, I like the idea more for the Jets than I would in doing so in a basketball context. That's really the only other team Mm -hmm. that I want to see him on. I've heard people say 
kind of like the lazy thing and say Tampa Bay because they just got rid of yeah. a Hall of Famer and then you are conditioned to be held hostage by a superstar quarterback mm-hmm. and give him all of what he wants and that's what Aaron Rodgers craves and all that. I just mm-hmm. think it's super lazy to just speculate like that. I just want to hear things that make sense, but if there's an alternate situation that makes sense. I want to hear that too, because I want to hear names that are, I want to hear teams that are different, not saying that'll necessarily happen. I just want people to think a little bit differently about this. And hopefully I would love for some of the front offices to think a little bit differently about their current situations. Yeah, definitely. It would be refreshing to see people kind of take that different lens on the sport. Speaking of quarterbacks and their, I guess, free agency and or maybe lukewarm ties to their team, we got Daniel Jones. Our man is uh, got the G-men to the playoffs, played well. Wasn't spectacular. He mm-hmm. did what he was supposed to do. Dable is uh, awesome. <laughs> he does. Mm-hmm. He just schemes it up. We just play ball, man. That's what we do. <laughs> That's what we do. Mm-hmm. And my question for you is, I mean, obviously, the overwhelming thought he goes back to the Giants. Mm-hmm. Now... <laughs> <laughs> What would you think of Minnesota for him? Oh, I, I, it's funny that you said that because I was going to make uh, a comparison to him and Kirk Cousins because I kind of think Daniel Jones, where he's sitting right now, is kind of the guy the franchise tag was made for. He's the dude who you're not quite sure if you want to make that long-term investment. It seems like he took a leap, but you'd like to see him do it one more year before you give him all that money. So I, I think I'd want to do something like that. Minnesota, I, I kind of think he's like a B plus version of Kirk Cousins uh, with maybe a little bit more wheels. And I don't think the upside is all that higher. They're, they're pretty similar quarterbacks. And I, I, if anything, I think Kirk is just a little bit better. So I'd rather continue along that direction. And maybe if I'm Minnesota and I want to upgrade at the position, I try enter that Lamar Derby we were talking about earlier. Mm. That would be a real upgrade there as well. Yeah. I'm trying to get Lamar somewhere really, really awesome, though. I want to get him somewhere where his talents can just be whew, just be great. That pass thing had me. That was a curveball. Yeah. Was, yeah. Shots out to our guy, Kyler, because he will definitely <laughs> be excited about that. Yeah. Um. Now, <laughs> I got a really interesting one for you. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it would tr- take draft capital. 
Yeah. But if Green Bay is really serious about moving on from this dude and they don't know what they have in Jordan Love, mm-hmm. how about the Gene man the pack make a little swap? Like, listen, we're just tired of this act. You obviously have made a leap. Yeah. Aaron is Aaron's the guy. And Gutenkus could get a guy that was malleable. He can lean more into the running game with the two big backs that they got. They got a nice weapon in Christian Watson there. Now, I believe that 100%, I think Daniel Jones is staying in, in New York. I'm just giving alternatives to yeah, what could also be out there. I'm just saying if you were Gutenkust and you were just tired of all of this, just completely tired, the one thing you do know about Daniel Jones is that he really likes to play football. Mm-hmm. He's into it. Yeah. He would rally your team. And yeah. your team seems to really care about actually playing football. And Aaron is a very talented guy. Mm-hmm. But I think he's kind of over like the day to day. Yeah. Of football. Yeah, I totally agree. And I don't know if that works in Green Bay, actually. So what's your yeah. thoughts on something? I mean, like we're going way outside the box on something like this, but mm-hmm. the idea of taking Daniel Jones, who did make a leap. Yeah, doing exactly what you said. Still doing the whole thing with the one-year contract and saying, "Okay, listen, this is a new deal. We want to see what you're like. We are bringing mm-hmm. you in. We like you, but we want to kind of see it. Whatever. We yeah. got some weapons. We got some running game here. We got a defense. You're not gonna have to score a billion points to win a football game." <laughs> I and, uh, and Lafleur is very, very uh, innovative. So. Somebody like Daniel Jones would, I think, kind of fit him as well. I don't know. He would definitely lose a lot in talent <laughs> in the sense of where Aaron Rodgers is. But if you're just over the Aaron Rodgers of it all, yeah, it's kind of like, okay, let's take a two-year breather. Let's kind of, you know, exhale for a second. Yeah, I, I, I like – I think the general idea of the Packers moving in a direction like that this offseason, kind of like bringing in hypothetically a bridge quarterback, be it Daniel Jones or someone at a little bit of a lower level like Jacoby Brissett or someone like that to go along with Jordan Love this year. And I kind of want to see what you have in Jordan Love to – at some point, just like enter the year with him as number one, as the number one quarterback, giving him like legitimate reps because he hasn't had very many reps to this point in his career. He's been behind Aaron Rodgers the whole time. So who knows? There might be a little something there that we didn't all see coming. And best case scenario for the Packers, he shows flashes and you can keep him long term or he shows flashes and you can pull a Brock Osweiler style move and turn him flip him somewhere else and then go forward with a different 
quarterback long term because I think if I'm the Packers and I'm moving on from Aaron Rodgers, I'd be looking hard at a full rebuild at the organization. And I'd be thinking about trying to get myself into the quarterback uh, draft of 2024 with Caleb Williams staring you in the face there. I just think it's hard for that franchise to just Mm -hmm. tear it down. When you look at that defense and see how good it is, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it's hard for that. And it looks like the infrastructure is there for a quarterback that cares. And you know how big I've been on Aaron Rodgers and getting them help and whatever and all that. Mm-hmm. And I told you a, a couple weeks ago, I said I can't beat up on Gooden Cuss anymore because of mm-hmm. what I saw with Mahomes. And it's mm-hmm. true. I think, you know, it, just like in any situation, there's two sides to the story. I don't think Rodgers really is invested in Green Bay anymore. I think no, that I think they're tired of his act. And I think somewhere there's a home for him. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> if you want to get really freaky, you send Aaron Rodgers down to Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> they got to fire the head coach then. Yeah, right? Yeah. That's the problem. Fire everybody. fire everyone. Yeah. I I don't know. Jerry's crazy, but that might be a bridge a bridge too far. Jerry can actually coach the team now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. You can go go down there because air Aaron Rodgers and his ivermectin squad are going to be telling everyone what to do anyways. Uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers would be the de facto offense coordinator. Yeah. Right? Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I don't know how I'd feel about that. That's a this little. Is more chaos to yeah. Dallas. Just, that, that's the most chaos we could possibly have in this whole league. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm not approving this one. No, Aaron I just, Rodgers to Dallas. I need to have some fun with Dallas. Just yeah. need to have some fun. That's fair. All right. I think our last guy, and then I want to get into some of the college guys, is uh, Garoppolo. Hmm. Okay. Uh, wow. This dude just can't stay healthy. Just. Just won't, yeah. It just won't happen for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if he would be a Tanny Hill replacement type of person. I don't think I don't like that. I think it's like lazy. I think it's unimaginative. I'm trying to get him to yeah. a place where I could feel like it really suits him. Uh, I I think it's probably Las Vegas and uh, working under McDaniels uh, at this point. Like, I'm not sure where else in the league his skill set really reads like a starter to me at this point. Oh, and also his other skill set off the field. 
because he likes corn stars. So he does. this is a perfect fit. You're right. Perfect fit. I think Vegas, Vegas is probably the spot for him. Uh, if Vegas ends up with a bigger name quarterback, I could see. Let, let's say not everything works out perfectly for Jimmy G and he can't really find a starting job. I could see him taking the backup job in New England and kind of hoping for something to maybe go wrong with Mac because I know there was some bubblings last year. So I could see that as a possibility. Doesn't seem very likely to me, though. I think Vegas is the the North Star for Jimmy G at this point. And then the rumors coming out of Vegas that they really want a young quarterback that doesn't help his cause mm-hmm. at all. With that, yeah, but know. he's kind of the bridge guy at this point, so uh, they could go get uh, dra- someone in the draft and then uh, dr- get Jimmy G as well. That's a pretty good segue into the guys in the draft who we we need to talk about here. These quarterbacks, yes, sir. And let's do that. Uh, we got we got a lot of them. I don't know if it's the most talented group. I like them. I like them. They're better we, than last year. <laughs> we have some interesting quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. The one that draw is drawing like all the buzz and the conjecture and what have you is is Bryce Young. Because yeah. we do not know how tall he is. And we there are people speculating that this dude is going to come in at less than 195 pounds. Yeah. <sighs> the talent is easy, easy to see. Nico, I'm mm-hmm. going to I'm going to say something right now. I think this is it. I think this is the this is the breaking point. Kyler was mm-hmm. like stretching it, but this this is the breaking point. If he gets killed out there and he could just never stay healthy. Yeah. We're going to go back to the okay, we got to have at least this prerequisite a quarterback. He has to be this mm-hmm. size, this wide. Thighs got to be this wide. Yeah, He'd like to have a I, nice uh, dump truck on on his derriere. Yeah. All this other stuff. So, what's your thoughts? I mean, we'll talk about the talent after. What's your thoughts mm-hmm. on him and the size and how big of an issue it's going to be? That that's definitely my biggest concern for Bryce Young. That's uh, probably the reason I don't have him as my number one quarterback or even as my number two quarterback in this class, despite him being evidently the most talented of the group. I I'd be very nervous about his size functioning at an NFL level. I've heard uh, all the comparisons for him and seen the film, Todd McShay said he was like a micro Mahomes. I I, I kind of see what he's saying with because the arm strength and the ball placement is pretty special, but 
I don't think it's quite at that Mahomesian level. And also, he, him being so small, he was also protected by arguably the best offensive line, or at least up there in the sport at this point. We don't know what it's going to be like when he comes in and has a less than perfect offensive line. He loves to step up in the pocket. He's got really good pocket presence. Is that the same when he doesn't have protection? I don't know. I, for one, would be concerned about drafting Bryce Young. I hopeful that he will be successful because he's a ton of fun to watch. But I just I don't think I can buy into it myself. I really hope that I'm wrong. But I'm going to make a statement right now. As much as I have loved watching Bryce Young play football or three years at Alabama. I think it would be an absolute mistake for Indianapolis, Tennessee, the Raiders, whomever to move up and get this kid. Yeah. I think we have gotten to the bridge too far. I think we're here. I think this is it. He's the guy. I hope I am absolutely wrong. I hope he I hope he's able to make it. I hope he I hope he sticks it right down my throat that he can excel in this league. Mm-hmm. But he's gonna have to prove it to me because I don't think that's the case. I think this is a huge mistake. Yeah. That's just going to cost the team. I, you're going to be enamored with the talent. You're going to be I, enamored with it. I I know you're going to be enamored with the talent, definitely. But I kind of don't think he's going to go that high. I don't think anyone's going to be enamored enough that they completely gloss over mm-hmm everything else i i've got a feeling that bryce young is probably our second quarterback drafted and unless we see multiple trades up we could see him go closer in my mind closer to five than to one is how i'm kind of feeling about it so you you're saying that the the league is going to kind of set his value. They drafted Russell Wilson in the third round. Yeah. Not too long ago. And Kyler Murray, like as good as he's been, it's not like he's painting the fact that you need to draft these small quarterbacks up high. He he's gotten hurt multiple times, not just his most recent injury, but he's had struggles before as well. I, I think the conventional old wisdom of the league is going to kind of push Bryce down a little bit. That's how I feel. I know uh, something I wanted to touch on a little bit later, actually, was the, the, the Steelers are in a new era now, new person setting the draft board and everything. But beforehand, under Kevin Colbert, they had baselines. 
and and they were easy to track and if you were below a certain weight threshold height threshold arm length threshold you just weren't getting drafted and it has nothing to do with how good of a football player you are you can make mistakes on those guys but if you the famous Mike Tomlin quote, if you start making exceptions for every player you pick, pretty soon you have a team full of exceptions. And the the standard is the standard. They don't want to make something like that happen. And I think a lot of teams in the league think that way. It is old school, but it's also successful. And it's what's led to so many teams being dominant to this point and having that consistency throughout eras. I think that's a really interesting take that you think he might fall. I just, I look at Indianapolis, I look at that owner, and I see him pressuring his front office to go get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And it'd be the wrong one. Well, move I, to two. Move to two. That's the spot you want to be. Two is the spot. Houston might have actually uh, did themselves a favor in that last game of the season, if you think about it now. Mm -hmm. Because now, if you're at two, and let's say somebody comes up and thinks like you think and goes, I'd rather have Levis or I'd rather have Stroud. Whatever, right? You look at Vegas, it's another name that they're saying right now. So, then if you're at two and Bryce falls to you, it's kind of like, well, yeah, well, this is this is the second best quarterback. This he was he was number one on our board or whatever. But the pressure yeah. of you didn't have to make the choice of one, mm-hmm. and him and him not being able to succeed at the level that you need him to succeed at, I think would just be so much better to be at two than be at one. Mm -hmm. So if I was Indianapolis, I wouldn't be pushing so hard to be at one. Be at two. Well, we're going to see movement at the number one pick in the next day or so we've heard that the bears are moving off that pick and they're fielding offers another thing that we've seen in las vegas over this past week i'm not sure if you've seen this yet i'll i if so i'll break the news to you uh two days ago the odds for mr anthony richardson to go first overall were 80 to 1 in vegas as of today they are six to one in vegas he has absolutely skyrocketed to one of the favorites to be taken first in this draft and at this point that's kind of the direction my gut is leaning in that someone is seeing a quarterback with all the tools and saying, I'm going to plant my flag on that guy. And you want to talk about crazy owners in Indianapolis who make big moves like this. I kind of could see this being Jim Ursay's guy, especially with this much movement in Vegas. It means whatever organization 
is interested in Anthony Richardson, is also fairly loose-lipped, something that, again, the Colts are famous for. So putting two and two together, I think Anthony Richardson to the Colts, if if you're a better, I'd be looking at that in Vegas right now. <laughs> CJ Stroud, just go out and be uh, awesome. Just go out and be awesome. Go out and be the four quarterback picked in this draft. I think I think that's where I think. Go out and go out and just show them that you didn't run in at Ohio State because you didn't have to, and that's just a new thing that you bring to the NFL with you. Yeah, show them the accuracy. Show them that you're a twelve to fourteen year starter. And make everybody eat their words because this is what's going to happen is we're going to hear Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young. We're going to hear we're going to hear leadership uh, traits from Levis. That's what we're going to hear. Oh, and he's got Levis has every single tool in the toolbox. He's probably since a guy like I don't know. Paxton Lynch is the last guy who really stands out like that to me in my head, where it's just like if you were to get into a lab and create what you think the next generation super quarterback could look like, it's going to look a lot like that Josh Allen type, which is what Will Levis looks like. He looks like a bigger Josh Allen, and that's that's the type of guy people are going to zero in on and want to select as well, and I I think to this point, he's probably my favorite out of all of these guys, honestly. I think if you want to take a big swing <laughs> and you want to put traits over production, Levis is your guy. <laughs> I would... I would hang back off the Anthony Richards Richardson deal. I would. I like him. I I think I like Levis a little more. I. You were talking about Stroud earlier, and I will say I have him as my fourth quarterback in this year's class. I have him below those other three guys. However, if Stroud was in last year's draft, I would have had him number one by a significant margin. What was he going up against? (laughs) uh, For me, Malik Willis was my favorite. Kenny Pickett was uh, my least favorite of the guys I watched. So, uh, no, I actually, I liked it more than Bailey Zappi, but that that was it. So I, I wasn't on board the Pickett selection. That being said, at this point, I like it a lot more, obviously. Um. But yeah, I I think he Stroud is impressive. I just I would bet on what the special things the other quarterbacks in this class have in their back pocket. And I just want to roll the dice with one of them because if you hit on those guys, that's the franchise changer. That's the thing that absolutely catapults you to the stratosphere for the next 10 years. So even if let's say when I'm taking Stroud, I've got a 50% chance of a good starter and a 5% chance at a star. 
And if I'm taking Richardson, I have a 20% chance at a starter, but a 15% chance at a star. I think I'm taking Richardson every time because that that star upside is just the thing you need to win Super Bowls, essentially. Okay, so who do I what what fan base do I want to talk to who is quarterback hungry? I want to give some wisdom right now. I'm trying to figure out who whose fan base needs to hear this right now. Huh. Is it Indy? Is it is it Vegas? Is the it Saints. Houston? Is it oh you know what? It might be the Saints. Yeah, they're up there. Nolens. <clears throat> Bayou Country. Let me talk to you real quick. Shouts out to LA Knight. <clears throat> Don't do anything this year. Mm-hmm. They are coming. Mm-hmm. Just wait. Just wait. Because they are coming. The ones you really want, they're here next year. Yeah. I, I like next year's class a lot, too. Uh, if you want star power, we got it mm-hmm. next year. The maybes and the um, if I squint hard enough, you're not going to see a lot of that next year. We're going to have some no doubters next mm-hmm. year. So, yeah. So yeah, New Orleans... That's going to be, yeah, that's my fan base that I want to give love to and say, listen, it might be lean this year. Listen, your your general man, manager, Mickey Loomis, is, is going to tell you you're going to make the playoffs and all that and everything. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But if you don't and you, and you don't end up really good, this is a good year to be not good. I think I'm willing to call my shot with New Orleans this year. I think they will draft a quarterback. It will be in re- or in day three sometimes, sometime maybe five, six, seven, that range. But they feel in my heart like the home for Max Duggan for next year. I think that's where we, he's probably headed. That's another, uh, what's his name? What's the dude? The quarterback out of BYU, the one they use as a tight end. Oh, oh uh, Taysom Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I could see him being a little bit like that. I just oh he, he's the type of quarterback who generally goes to a system like that, who may be Max Duggan's eventual future in the league is a lot more – as like an offensive coordinator, quarterback coach type, maybe he's the next Davis Webb, but uh, he's someone who's going to get drafted this year, and I'm at least somewhat excited to see in the preseason. Um, another thing that we had talked about doing in uh, our future football episodes and something we – haven't touched on yet in this episode is giving credit to a black quarterback every week and a guy who hasn't been in very many of these conversations 
at this point for the top quarterbacks taken in this year's class, but is someone we both really appreciate and think is going to make a difference in this league and be be a starter at some point is Tennessee's Hendon Hooker. Say my name, say my name. You know I know what's wrong. You say, baby, I love you. You little gang. Hendon Hooker is my guy. Yeah, I love him too. We can say his name all day long. Mm-hmm. A little bit older, what, 24, 25? When he hits yeah. the league, okay. I don't care. I saw what I needed to see. Mm-hmm. I saw him go up against superior talent and still win. Okay? So right. he played in the closest thing we have to the NFL, which is the Southeastern Conference. Mm-hmm. A lot of big men trying to hit you hard. <laughs> Definitely. So... If you're going to take a shot mm-hmm. at a quarterback, that to me, and you don't want to waste first uh, first round uh, equity, he's the guy. Yeah. And I'm just going to put it out there. I'm going to put it out there right now. Lesney, are you listening to me? Oh. Are you, do you hear me? I think he might be gone before you get on the board. We are getting draft picks because we're going to talk about this in a second. Yeah. Just letting you know. I know. I know. Sneed, hear me. You want to get a quarterback? You want to excite McVay? You want to give him a toy? You want him to be all juice and not be flirting with the broadcast booth and all of that. You want the math scientist to really go to work. You give him Hayden Hooker. Mm-hmm. You see how invigorated he is. This dude might pop out like three kids in about four years because he'll be so horned up. <laughs> oh, Hayden Hooker. I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, Hendon Hendon Hooker is Like any quarterback who in the last two years has thrown 58 touchdowns and five interceptions at the second highest level of football that we have by this point needs to be on radars. This isn't Kellen Moore doing this in division two. This is someone doing it at the highest level of college sports the the guy it feels like a bit of a lazy comparison but the guy whose name keeps popping into my head with Hendon Hooker is Jalen Hurts and it's not that he is the same level of athlete cuz Hendon's definitely not he's an athlete as well but he can't move in the same way Hurts does and he's not quite as like built as Hertz. Hertz is built like an offensive lineman mixed with a running back. He's one of a kind in that factor. But Hendon is big and stocky as well. But he 
is able to play in the face of adversity in a lot of the same way Hertz does, where he runs into traffic quite often. He makes plays where nothing can seems like it's able to happen. And he continues to like highlight these receivers who he had at Tennessee, who he played with good players for sure, but he was the one who kept putting them in such good positions. I, it reminds me a lot of that Hertz archetype and at least at the college level. And I'm hoping he can replicate some of the success Hertz has had at the pro level. And it's again, speaking to a place like new Orleans, uh, this would be the perfect guy for them to go and get. I would love it for them. Mickey Loomis. I want you to keep yourself invested in the playoffs. And let's need, I want you to look at Hendon Hooker and, and go get my guy because I would like him to be our quarterback of the future. Mm-hmm. And that is my PSA for the Rams on this podcast. Yeah. All right. Uh, is there another quarterback that you are maybe down the board, somebody that you are looking as a third day guy? That you just feel, I don't, I don't know if he has it right away, but I think in a couple years, if he got a shot, I think he might make some noise in the NFL. Is there a guy that you feel comfortable with? Um. Well, the we we talked about Max Duggan, and he is a guy like I said. Yeah. He's he's interesting. But he might be more of a Davis Webb draft pick where (laughs) a few years down the line, he ends up on your coaching staff rather than your quarterback room. Stenson Bennett is another guy you can kind of look at in a similar light to that. Um, I've heard some people have buzz around Tanner McKee. Um, I'm not quite there with him. Um, I saw him against UCLA. Mm-hmm. Not impressed. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't the guy who I I really wanted him to be. Uh, another playmaker, though, and someone who similarly you might bring into the league to to play a role down the line. Similarly to a guy like Taysom Hill, is Malik Cunningham out of Louisville. I'm not sure he can make all the throws. I've seen him struggle to deliver the ball accurately at times, but his running game is definitely scary on the field and he does a good job leveraging angles both in the running game and in the pass game he can sometimes get defensive backs where they're completely out of the play and he picks up on it really quickly so the ability to execute things like that makes me think like a short yardage west coast package might work for him i'm not sure if it's something you could build around with him as your number one quarterback but i wouldn't completely write that off he'd be someone i'd be interested in bringing into the building actually he'd 
be someone I think maybe the Steelers could show some level of interest in because they've liked looking at guys like this in the past, especially at the later side parts of the draft. So maybe round five, six, seven, they're looking for a backup moving forward. He could be a guy they show some level of intrigue in. I think the quarterback that people will be surprised that I would say stay away from is Dorian Thompson Robinson. Mm -hmm. The reason why I say that is because he is talented. He's small. Mm -hmm. He's slight. He's electric, though. He's he's Mm -hmm. beautiful to watch. The problem is, is that he has irrational confidence syndrome. Yeah. And he will throw you out of games. Mm-hmm. Out of games. Yeah. That UCLA team could have easily been 11 and 2, something like that. Mm-hmm. Easy. He He's just going to, he, there's going to be turnovers. So yeah. if you don't want your heart, and I love DGR, but. You don't want your heart broken. Do not draft Dorian Thompson Robinson. That's right. fair. Got that out the way. There's he's, a lot another, of he's another guy who's been uh, coming for pre-draft visits with the Steelers as well. They've they've shown some level of interest in him, but he I I think he's more of a guy who's going to be. Like maybe seventh round pick. I think he's more looking at the priority free agent lifestyle. He would have to be a package guy in the NFL. Oh yeah, I think he he's probably an XFL player first. If you like prioritizes playing, I the Steelers really like to bring guys like that in to function on the practice squad, kind of as a like a Lamar Jackson clone before they play Lamar Jackson so they can practice against a guy like that. So they they bring in guys quite often to fill that role, and he's someone I definitely could see them bringing in because they've, they've had several meetings with him. A couple other notes. The, the defensive end out of Texas a and is getting a lot of buzz now. Tyree. Tyree, yeah. Uh-huh. To the point now, is he going to be the first edge taken in this draft? I've heard a lot of buzz. Yeah, I've I've heard that buzz too. I think even Daniel Jeremiah had him over Will Anderson in his last mock. I I understand the level of intrigue that goes into it. I haven't watched as much of Tyree to this point. And this uh, goes into something that I I wanted to talk to you and our audience about maybe. Um, This episode, we focused a lot on quarterbacks. And I think with the combine coming up this week, I think moving forward, we can kind of focus on position group by position group throughout the NFL and the draft as well. And I think that's a place I'd really like to dive into next is the edge rushers that are going to be available. And I think those two guys are 
both very intriguing. It seems like their games are different. And I've watched a lot more of Will Anderson, obviously, because he's been at Alabama. And he just seems like such a beast. He reminds me a little bit of the Boses. He's not quite the same player as them, but the way they used to use like explosion and power to work through uh, some of these really talented offensive linemen, I I see Will Anderson doing that similarly. So he's someone I'm very high on, but I need to watch Tyree Phillips a little closer to give my full take. All right, so next week we will be looking at the edge rushers. It yeah. will be awesome. So a lot of primal yelling uh, mm-hmm. on this podcast, obviously, next week. Uh, there will be uh, maybe some, what, they they all have to wear, like, the dark visor now. <laughs> That'd yeah. be cool, right? Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to be excited to go into the free agent edge rushers as well because this I think the Steelers are probably going to be focused on getting a, a number three edge in free agency this year. We tried Melvin Ingram before, and he didn't like the role very much. He, he was excellent in Pittsburgh, but as soon as Alex Highsmith started taking his snaps, he wanted out. So I... Uh, I'll be looking forward to getting another guy like that in the building. Maybe Bud Dupree comes back. We'll have to see. And speaking of edge rushers, that leads me to my next topic. Mm -hmm. Jalen Ramsey is going to be out of Los Angeles very, very soon, sir. Mm -hmm. We are getting picks back for Jalen Ramsey this year. Yeah. Late first and maybe a fourth is what mm-hmm. I'm hearing. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jalen Ramsey leaving Los Angeles? Uh, I think it's it makes sense. You guys kind of are in that retooling stage, which we talked about earlier, and with – some older guys on your roster it it does make sense to move forward and kind of create what's going to be the next phase of your team especially considering you're so hampered as far as draft picks are concerned i think a first round pick is still definitely acquirable for jalen ramsey and you're looking at something else on top of that i I heard from our guy Momo a proposed package of a first-round pick and uh, some uh, someone else that they have in the building. And just like to uh, if there's anyone you guys want, be it Adam Thielen, be it whoever, I think that something like that might be able to work out. Be it be it another pick with him as well or whatever. Just like the I think the idea behind it is just a first round pick plus something smaller that you'd have interest in. And I think that's a good team to be looking at it. Uh, those teams who are just on the periphery of the Super Bowl at this point are the ones I think need to be really aiming at Jalen. Well, just because it's Momo, I'm going to ask for a third round pick. So yeah. I'm not going to settle for a fourth rounder. <laughs> was Momo? No. 
I want Ooh, a third rounder now. What about what about Philadelphia? They I know I have no problem with him going Philly. They got James Bradbury hitting free agency, and he apparently wants a big contract, and I don't think they'll give it to him. They have multiple first round picks. I they, would they've got some other stuff too. I would like that because I think a team like that, you want to try to take advantage of them in the sense mm-hmm. of how close they were. Yeah. So you might be able to get a desperate package from them. Not, mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything super crazy, but if you were, let's say Minnesota was really like, we're not moving off this fourth pick, get a fourth round pick, yeah. right? And you can go to Philadelphia and be like, listen, you can have them if you can give us a third and maybe a fourth rounder next year. You yeah. know, just throw – because at the end of the day, if they say no, it's no. But mm-hmm. they're de- – are they desperate enough? Will Howie Rosen do something like that? He he doesn't offer. He doesn't often. So I'd, I'd be a little hesitant to think something like that might happen. But I, I do understand always making the offer, always trying to extend it out a little more. And now that you're in pick acquisition mode, it, it needs to be like you need to be getting multiple in quite often to make it make sense. And if that's the case, if he's not going to budge, then I do trade him to Minnesota. I'm not going to give him to Philly. Yeah. Not because of a competitive thing, more on that you're close, you're this close to a Super Bowl and you won't move off the fourth rounder. Okay, cool. I'll just I'll just send them yeah. to Minnesota. Have a good time dealing with that. Mm-hmm. You know. And, you know. Yeah. Not here that, to make friends. I'm here to do business, sir. That makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh let's see. Is there any oh man, I'm actually excited a little bit about the, the retool. Mm-hmm. I like the Jalen Ramsey trade-off. You got the good years of Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. You did it. You did you, yeah, what you got your ring. Do. This is it. So now trade them, mm-hmm. recoup. And now you can look at something that you primarily need. Because if you get a late first-round pick, that's great value. And if you can solidify um, a part of your a team that is lacking, like let's say the interior offensive line from that position, or if there's an a edge rusher that maybe is like top of the round second day and you want to get that extra year of him because of the first-round draft situation, Mm-hmm. I like that. I like both of those options for the Rams because they need it. Let's just yeah. put it where it is. Interior offensive linemen, tackles, and edge rushers. And by the way, if you have pass rushing, your cornerbacks look awesome. Just mm-hmm. so you know. They look great. Yeah, that's absolutely true. That's another reason why he'd be a great fit in Philadelphia. Um, I I have some draft takes on the Steelers as well that I've been ruminating on for a couple days now. Are you are you now interested in Aaron Donald, sir? We can still no, no. that trade. 
No, I, I'm, I'm on the outside of that one. I'm not, I have a franchise that's built primarily through the draft and I like keeping it that way. So I'm, I'm going to keep moving in that direction, but I wanted to talk about something that it has really been a big topic in Steelers uh, media in recent weeks here, because we are like we've mentioned before, moving into our first off season in the post Kevin Colbert era. And a lot of focus has been paid to the new assistant general manager underneath Omar Khan with Omar Khan being a contract genius, a guy who's done really well working out trades and doing stuff like that in the past as well. He does have some player evaluation background uh, too, but Andy Weidel was brought in to do more of the player evaluation stuff. And he primarily is setting the Steelers draft board, something that Kevin Colbert did himself in the years previous to this. So this is something new that we're going to have to look into. So I I decided I wanted to look back at these Eagles drafts, knowing Obviously, the Eagles have been in the Super Bowl. They did a good job throughout the draft. But I wanted to actually do the research and look into the Andy Weidel draft picks and draft era because there's been five years he's been in this role for Philadelphia. So there's there's some research to do. And the first thing I have to say, I... The Steelers tend to struggle when it comes to drafting cornerbacks and defensive backs overall. The the record for Andy Weidel drafting cornerbacks and defensive backs is not much better. Um, We've done a great job drafting wide receivers. Andy Weidel did get Devonta Smith in the last draft, traded up for Devonta Smith, an absolute home run. However, he is also the guy who took Jalen Rager at an absolute curveball over Justin Jefferson. He took J.J. Ortega-Whiteside over D.K. Metcalf, both of which were considered question marks at the time. We're looking for help along the offensive line. He did draft Jordan Mailata, who's been great, in the seventh round in 2018. But a seventh round pick, you kind of get lucky with. He also took Andre Dillard in the first round. Didn't it really end up working out? Injuries were somewhat to blame. Landon Dickerson was a home run, but he fell further than everyone expected because of injuries as well. I looked through Weidel's draft record and I was expecting to be more impressed than I was in the end. Don't get me wrong. There are a good amount of hits. There's Dallas Goddard in the second round, Miles Sanders in the second round, Jalen Hurts in the second round. Basically every second round pick he's had has been pretty successful. So that's nice to see, but it just hasn't it wasn't as strong as it's kind of being reported in the media right now that Andy Weidel is some home run factory. He he's good. He's definitely shown some areas where he succeeds specifically along the defensive line, 
but there are still some areas of concern I have under this new Andy Weidel draft system. I'm I'm hopeful I'm hopeful it will be successful going forward, but knowing that the draft has been the strength of our organization for a long time and we're putting it in, into someone else's hands has started to leave me a little concerned. So I'll propose a question to you. Mm-hmm. Are you do you like your scouting department? I've loved our scouting department up till this year, but there's been a lot of changes in the unit. Just to be fair, though, it's mostly in new names being brought in versus old names being removed. We've had a lot of our guys, including Dan Colbert, Kevin's brother, and Mark Gorsak, the guy who helps everyone run the 40 every year all those people have been retained but there's been a lot of new voices brought in as well if your scouting department is pretty much intact and you're just adding new brain power to the trust mm-hmm. so to speak i think you'll be okay um I think the thing that I have with Weidel is this, is that you're right. He He's had problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, it hasn't all, because the thing with Dillard, because if I'm not mistaken, Dillard is from Washington State, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I saw a lot of Dillard. Yeah, I, I remember watching him pre-draft too. Not very physical, uh, really, often, really finesse offensive lineman, and mm-hmm. got bullied a lot at it, in the Pac-12. So, it just went to my mind that, oh, you're leaning into the Carson Wentz thing, and here mm-hmm. is a finesse offensive tackle. And, yeah, he was good at sliding his feet and marrying the defensive person. But as soon as there was any kind of physicality whatsoever, mm-hmm. it was not going to be great. So yeah, he's had a lot of misses. This is a area of concern. The thing that I hope and I'm um, kind of leaning on is just Pittsburgh really hasn't had a bad front office ever. No, no, they we do not. And Andy Weidel has been praised almost unanimously league-wide from almost anyone you hear or talk about him we had eric DaCosta, the ravens gm talking about him last week saying he's working his hardest to get andy weidel a job as a gm just to get him out of the division at this point clearly he's someone who a lot of people think very highly of and i i was very excited when he was brought in and i remain excited it's just you you talked about the scouting department, which I do agree that is good. However, Andy's job, Dave said specifically, is setting the draft board himself, which that's what he also did in Philadelphia. So that's that's a lot of uh, leadership over the scouting department. That's that's basically the number one thing. And specifically, my concern comes from him seeming to struggle 
with areas the Steelers already struggled in, considering drafting offensive line in the last few years hasn't went great. That being said, they haven't done it very much, but drafting defensive backs has been bad for like 25 years now, just about. They've had a few home runs, obviously, Troy Polamalu, Ike Taylor, but there's been a lot of Cortez Allen mixed in there as well, or Artie Burns. There's been so many misses, especially over maybe the last 15 years or so. So I, I just remain concerned about that. And I, I'm just hopeful we can find a way to improve upon what are the biggest issues we have in our organization right now. What was the strength of your new executive player personnel guy, though? What What's the strength? He, uh, Andy Wyatt's belief. No, 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 no. I'm talking about Omar Khan. Well, Khan's strength is primarily in salaries and everything, but he's been in the organization since 2001. Bingo. It's all the same. This is how you fix your problem at defensive back. Of course. Is... Khan is the he's the he's the crux and the and the focal point of how you get through that blind spot because if he is a wizard with the cap and he's a wizard with contracts, what he can do is see the area of need and then now you can go out and trade for it. The yeah. one thing that the Rams have have shown us is maybe we don't give up our first round picks, but maybe we can Every couple of years, we can get rid of our second round pick and our third round pick, and we can get a guy. Yeah, you know the, what I'm talking about. So yeah, there's ways to get your defensive backs uh, squared I, away. The Steelers actually have shown a willingness to do that specifically and trade for defensive backs. Even last year, making a move for William Jackson midseason, they they do tend to trade more. It's more their day three picks than their day two picks for defensive backs. But I, I feel like we've had, we've tried this and we've had limited success with that game plan already. So my, my focus would want to be to build some consistency through the draft and having someone outside of Minka to be heavily relied upon. Levi Wallace did well last year, as did James Pierre. And Terrell Edmonds is at least a passable starting safety. It's just not the type of unit that you have anyone to write home about aside from the safety you traded a first-round pick for. You didn't even draft yourself. What's the one thing that we do notice in the NFL as we sit here and discuss these topics and and try to go into it deeply, these organizations or these people who are in these positions, for some reason, they might have incredible superpowers in all kind of other aspects of the job. Correct. Mm -hmm. Right. Like the cab or, or reimagining a player or getting a player in the, like the sixth round and, and being able to make that person into, you know, not just uh, you know, a guy who can contribute, but maybe even somebody really formidable, right? Because mm-hmm. they saw something. Yeah. But every organization seems to have some sort of blind spot, and I think, 
I think you said this. I don't know if it was a pod or just a conversation. You said that, you know, two years, not really, not really a track record. Five years, mm-hmm. we have data. We have data yeah. that proves that you either can or cannot do this well. This mm-hmm. this maybe this aspect of it well, maybe not the the whole thing in totality. But yeah. <laughs> if they're showing a problem or a issue with defensive back in their previous regime, mm-hmm. there's a good chance that 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 mark continues. Unfortunately, yeah. I'm not saying that it it will 100. I'm just saying usually that's the one thing that kind of follows you. Yeah, and I like all in all. I guess my point in bringing this up wasn't to say that that the Steelers are doomed now or not that I thought you thought that or anything, but just to pour a little bit of cold water onto this idea that's been in the fan base over the last month or so with Andy Weidel being viewed kind of as the savior of the entire franchise. I caution the Steelers fans to remember one year ago when Randy Feetner got fired as offensive coordinator and Matt Canada was talked about in the same way. Like he was going to somehow save this offense from the dredges of where it was previously. And now Matt Canada became public enemy number one this season. Things change quickly. And I just... I, I like Andy Weidel. I think he's good at his job. He's got a proven track record of being good. Pump the brakes a little bit and give the guy a chance to actually be in the organization before you think he's going to save the world. And just as a respect on the blind spot, this is the other thing that I'll say. <laughs> With Weidel and Con, this is the thing that you can 100% take to the bank you can go ahead, throw it in your vault, lock it, and leave it there for 15 years. I want all Steelers fans to hear me on this. The Steelers have not forgotten how to draft pass rushers. Pass no. rushers help your secondary. Mm-hmm. That will always be a staple in Pittsburgh. Here's the other thing. Weidel that's also in, Weidel's biggest strength. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Mm-hmm. Weidel's strength is pass rushes. Mm-hmm. Uh, see Hassan Reddick. See the dudes that they drafted. Oh, even even Javon Hargrave, who they brought in. But like, whether it be Josh Sweat, whether it be Milton Williams, Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, basically he doesn't miss in the front seven. Throughout. He does not miss. So yeah. and if you're if you're the head of your personnel department is excellent at cap construction and uh loophole uh capology, mm-hmm. you will find little crevices and nooks to go out and get the piece that you need to get. So yes, one hundred percent this is a blind spot for Weidel, and we'll see if he can fix it here in Pittsburgh, but if for some reason he doesn't, just like if there is a blind spot, there's something that they do very, very well. 
And mm-hmm. that is the heritage of let's go kill quarterbacks. Yep. That will continue. <laughs> let's go hurt people that mm-hmm. have the football. So I, I, I don't worry in that, in that respect whatsoever for you to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. My mom will probably feel a lot better by the ending of this than the start. <laughs> she'll she'll be flipping out about, oh my god, this guy Waddle, he's not even good at the thing that we need. <laughs> uh, Looking out. No, but we yeah, we believe in we believe in Andy. All right, so next week we're gonna hit the pass rushers in the draft. Mm-hmm. We're gonna hit the free agent guys. We're going to try to obviously hit the places that they're going to likely end up. But I think you're going to also hear some things like you heard this week, some reimagining of places and try to put these guys in the most optimal position they can possibly be in. Obviously, if if somebody gives them $125 million uh, guaranteed, as far as saying, They'll probably go to Mars or wherever. Yeah, They'll probably yeah, go yeah. to the Ukraine to play football if that's the case. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I mean, we can talk about these utopian ideas all we want, but that mm-hmm. still rules everything around me. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Cream. Right. Exactly. Uh, Nico, are there any other like lingering final thoughts on this uh, quarterback edition? newsworthy edition uh or anything like that not particularly got to give a shout out to our guy hendon hooker um whole super hopeful everything works out for him and he ends up making his mark in the league but that's about all all right i want you to indulge me for about three minutes Okay. I want to give out a shout out to uh, my church a little bit. Um, we've had some car issues over the last month and a half. And uh, due to the the lack of funds because of things going on with, you know, my mom and, and, and what have you as she uh, is uh, going through her journey right now. Do you know that uh, my my car didn't start yesterday. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. And the battery is dead, like completely. Ugh. Greg at my church and Lewis at my church saved my wife. Shout out to them. And they got a, she got a new battery. And I guess there's an alternator issue that will be costly and uh i'm praying to god that we'll get figured out but mm-hmm. i just wanted to shout them out not because of what they did for my wife but in a sense this is the thing that i talk about all the time i don't worry a lot about a lot nico you know me i don't really kind of freak out anymore <laughs> i'm just kind of really like hey all right well yeah we'll get it all figured out and this is the reason why is because when I send my wife out into the world, God is always with her. Mm-hmm. And legitimately, he was with her because in the parking lot of Bethany Church yesterday, there was a tow truck. There were two guys who have understood what community is and the applicable nature of the Bible, used it with full vigor 
got my wife a battery and they are trying to see how we can somehow figure out this alternator deal. And I am so grateful to them. And I am so grateful to my Bethany church community. And I just wanted to give them a shout out before we got off the air. So with that being said, for the Canadian bomber, for the Canadian shaman, for the Canadian Bill Simmons, and for the Canadian Mike Thomas. Nico Miatello, this is Vince Carter signing off, and we will see you on Friday where we will do nothing but hoop. Yeah. And we're excited about it. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you Monday if you're just on this feed for football, which you should not be. You should be here for both. <laughs> be here for all the smoke in both sports. Uh, yeah, yeah, you need to be. That that being God. said, we we yeah we we love our our football and basketball listeners both equally. Mwah, we love you all. Mm-hmm. You guys have a good week, and we will see you Friday unless mm-hmm. something crazy happens and we have to do an emergency pod, which I hope we do not have to do. Yeah. Bye. Bye.